Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point we've been watching, that Senzo Mewa trial. Let me invite onto the show Mpumelelo Zikalala, Director at Zikalala Attorneys. Mpumelelo, good morning. Hello, Mpumelelo. All right, it looks like we have an issue there. Chad Thomas, who is with an organized crime investigator at IRS Forensic Investigations. Chad, good morning. Very good morning to you. Hi, great to have you on the line. All right, we'll, we'll speak to Mpumelelo as soon as we're able to get him up on the line as well. Chad, let's just talk about this issue of the two dockets. It sounded very strange the first time we heard about it in court, that there would be, you know, a case that is prosecuted where the state actually has two dockets that say very different things, including identifying very different suspects for the same murder. So, yes, a very interesting situation, and the waters are definitely not a particular matter. So before we continue, just a caveat. I'm not a legal practitioner. I'm an investigator in the financial and organized crime sector. So the opinions I'm going to give are not that of a legal practitioner, but rather that of an investigator. So in, in this instance, having two dockets has caused the waters to be muddied, as I said. But more importantly, it's created an opportunity that no matter where this trial goes, there's the opportunity for appeals. There's an opportunity that once the state rests, that the defence would come forward with a Section 174 application. And it's just causing what was already perceived by the public as being a circus and somewhat farcical to become even worse. Because we've now seen whether it's genuine or not, we've seen documents circulating on social media purporting to be from members of the NPA addressed to the NDPP, suggesting that these other parties be charged. And now we've heard about this, the second docket. Now, if I was in the shoes of the NPA and in the shoes of the investigators, and we've been pushed for such a long time to come with a result, it would be necessary to enroll one of the two dockets. So you'd want to enroll the docket where you believe, at least at face value, where they refer to Premafaki, that there is in fact a case. And I believe that's why we see which docket has been enrolled, whereas there is another docket which may continue and be enrolled at a later stage, not necessarily for the murder, mm-hmm. but for defeating the ends of justice in respect of what happened um, post the event um, in that after what, what happened with the shooting. So a lot of confusion, a circus for sure, and so many issues here. If this was America, I could guarantee you there would be application for a mistrial at this point. Mm. Because one of the things that, that comes to mind as well, Chad, is the process of investigating. I mean, my understanding would be that you would need very different types of um, evidence in order to secure convictions in either of these dockets because they point to very different suspects. Can the state use the same evidence to try and uh, secure convictions here? Not against the same suspects. That could be double jeopardy if there had to be a Section 174 acquittal or if they had to be found not guilty. And the evidence that's been heard currently, and this is why there was an issue right at the beginning with Munsami sitting in uh, on a watching group because she was there as if she is her client. And they said if your client gets called to later stage as a witness, um, there again, there could be an issue. And when somebody came out very early this morning, in fact, um, she's getting ahead of everything in respect to this matter to say that maybe Kelly should have been called first because Kelly was on the scene and she would have said, yes, those are the five men that I saw. 
So, so Magdalene's getting ahead of this. She's doing the necessary reputational management. And again, this is causing a situation which benefits the, the individuals accused in both matters, the docket that has been enrolled and the docket that hasn't been enrolled, because all we see, and I hate to be repetitive, is a term where we refer to mudding of the water. Right now, with two conflicting versions of events, one that's being played out in the media, one that's being played out in court, there's no way that this trial should be continuing on the vein that it is. Mpumele Lozikalala, let me give you a second just to weigh in before we go, go back to that courtroom. It, it, it's, a, it's a bit disturbing, especially from the side of the public, to say, do we really have an investigating or the law enforcement agencies which are able to do their work? It seems as if the law enforcement agencies and the NPAI doing an investigator disclose as you go type of litigation. And to read or to hear a letter which is not dated, okay, maybe we wouldn't concentrate on that one, but a letter which then at the end of the day says uh, we didn't we didn't decide or we haven't decided on this particular decision. We don't come to the NPA for for the NPA to be silent. They have to say yes or no in terms of that particular prosecution. So, did they really apply their mind in terms of saying we are going to continue with this particular matter, or was it a situation of saying let's ignore it because there are new facts which are there? And it then poses into question, did, did the NPA actually sits with the various witnesses and say to them, let's consult. I want to hear your version of events. If you go into the witness box, will, be, will you be able to stand the amount of questions in which are going to be thrown at you? It seems as if between the two, the two parties, there's one part that doesn't do their, their, their job. And between the two parties, there's one part which is going to end up messing up this case for a lack of a better word mm. and the most people are going to be prejudiced through all of the system in our family there's nothing which is more painful than not knowing what happened to your loved one but most importantly who's to blame for the injustices that actually took place it it, it removes the whole purpose of of, of closure there's no closure in which the mayor family would be able to find if this particular question as to who killed Sanzuma was not answered of course, what's coming out of the court case as we speak, this letter that resulted in this brief adjournment, the NPA is saying in that letter that the second docket has no merit. But this was supposed to be disclosed, and at the end of the day, there's supposed, there's supposed to be some record which is going to state that, the, that, that this particular matter has no merit. And not to simply leave it like that as if uh, it, it, it is something that has only appeared now. And one, one other thing which may be strange is I would assume that the person who is the lead prosecutor in this matter would have been a short, sort of uh, briefed and, and, and made aware of all the factors and all the statements that are there. Because another act which you must do, even if the, that particular docket has no merits, read those particular statements and check, is there something which is, can assist me in proving this particular conviction? Is there something which is going to conflict with what, I, with, with what I have? What is the impact of that particular conflict? Because I, as a state, have an extra burden, the burden of proving beyond reasonable doubt that the people that are in the box are actually the ones that perpetrated this act. So if there are going to be certain doubts which are going to be thrown about or that the defense will have access to, I want to deal with them and know about them before we actually go into court. Now, if you haven't done that and if you haven't disclosed, because they, they, they may say we're not going to use those particular statements, there was no need to do so. But in, in a fair play type of situation, in any litigation situation, and to make sure that you are not hiding anything, as officers of the court, we are also obliged to say this is the type of information that we have, especially in criminal cases. Uh, we have 
dis- discuss this particular matter if an inquiry has been made, and this is where we stand with it. You can use it if you want. You don't want to use it if, if you don't want to. It's up to you. But at the end of the day, the, the level of disclosure should have been admitted at, at, at a higher level. And we've got to hope and pray that at the end of the day, the decision mm-hmm. not to prosecute based on that particular, I, I think it's the three-something case, was made out of seeing that there's really nothing that can be persuaded or can be proved in court. And at the end of the day, there are not even any few statements that can be used in this main case that would be able to prove the conviction. All right. Well, it certainly looks like there are going to be a lot of blunders here that hinder any progress uh, in as far as securing convictions in this case is concerned. And and this really is going to be one of um, the big ones that we focus on and, you know, the the issue of this second docket. I want to take you back uh, to the courtroom because they're now discussing uh, what the role of this docket is and what it means for the future of this case.